Welcome back to Perfectly Not Normal Podcast with Epi and Michaela. We are just two college students without much experience, talking as if we have a lot of experience. But the podcast is not about us. We want this to be about others and what they're going through. So in every podcast, we invite interesting people with interesting stories. We let them tell their story, and then we just go from there. The idea for this podcast came after a very interesting conversation. It all started with a dumb eye surgery that I had. Yeah. We want to let others have the platform to talk about their experiences, their thoughts, their ideas, their talents, and other crazy stuff. So we're so excited that Cassidy's here with us. And she has some interesting experiences and personal, I don't know, she's going to introduce about her dining choices and what happens in the dining room because she is a vegan. Woo! We love vegans. So fun. We don't judge vegans. We love vegans because Epi and I are vegetarian, right? Yep. Yep. (laughs) I tried to be vegan. It didn't work, but that's not the point of this podcast, so we're going to pass it to you. (laughs) I've been vegan for about five years now, so coming into college, um, And going to a smaller school with not the biggest dining hall and definitely not the most options was kind of nerve-wracking. I wasn't sure if there'd be much for me to eat, but we persevere, and there are ways to eat on campus. But being creative (laughs) is definitely key, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Michaela, like you and I, like you already said, we are already... We're vegetarians. I've been a vegetarian for quite a while now, so I kind of know the little tricks and stuff. But I don't know. I want to know, like, what you have learned. Do you know what I mean? As new veg. Yeah, you know. Like, you find your tricks on in, like, restaurants and stuff. You kind of find a way to get through it when you can't eat what everybody else can eat. Um, honestly, I have no tricks, and that's my problem. Because <laughs> I've only done it for maybe a month mm-hmm. or less. And I don't know. It's been fun. It's been difficult at times because I feel like, I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to eat. The main line is all meat and everything else is like gross. And so I like tried for soups mostly. And then like the soups became disgusting. And it was like today was like carrot soup. And I was like, no. And so bagels become too frequent. I get that. Um, It's definitely the first couple months are so difficult to transition, at least for a lot of people. Everybody does it differently. I went overnight, and so all of a sudden it's just like this giant culture shock of everything that you once ate and everything that you once knew because, like, eating is so ingrained in, like, our culture. And so kind of reweaving that, like, fabric of, like, your diet into your life is something that is hard to relearn. So for eating out, my trick is to Google. Uh, (laughs) Like, when you're in a car someplace and somebody's like, oh, we're going to Steak and Shake. Um a quick Google search. The internet is an amazing place with lots of helpful little vegans and vegetarians out there that have tested these menus and like done their research. So Google is your best friend. But for like college cafeterias, it can be so hard because the information can be really misleading and they're not always the best about at least our university. I'm sure other universities are great at this, but um, saying what exactly is in everything. I don't know if you guys find Mm -hmm. that to be a challenge, but Mm -hmm. Uh, creativity. That was the biggest, like, horror story of, like, cafeteria food. Like, what was, like, the moment where you're like, oh, my gosh, this is not good. I need to leave. Um, I'd say 
for a while, like just figuring out what I could eat. So probably my first semester here was interesting. And I definitely ate French fries and cereal for every single meal for like a while. And that gets really old and you don't feel good. Um, and also one time I ate like rotten cucumbers. They had them in like the salad line and you like bite into them and they're mushy. Definitely not a pleasant experience. And at that point I was like, this sucks. I want to go home and I just want to like make my own food. And at that point I was in a dorm. So I didn't have the option of cooking myself, but definitely my first semester and just figuring out like what worked for me in this, in the cafeteria was my mini horror story. Um, I remember talking to you about this the past summer and I was like, yeah, I've never had cereal in, in the cafeteria. And you were so surprised. You like had this face of like, are you kidding me? That was the food I ate every Absolute day. Somebody told me that yesterday at dinner and I still don't believe them. But um, yeah, I don't understand. A lot of times like the main line won't have any vegan options and like salad bar gets old. Like I'm tired of lettuce and hummus. Thank you very much. Um, and cereal is great. I love cereal. I don't know why. It's just like childhood nostalgia and so like most cereals are accidentally and happily vegan and cereal is great um okay so here's the thing when i came into college i did research i don't know if you guys but i wanted to do my research on what to expect from this college especially like looking it up exactly the school you're going to and finding videos and finding instagram stuff so when i like did my research and everything i wasn't vegetarian back then i was vegetarian for all of sophomore and all of junior year. And so I took a break senior year and I just didn't get back onto it until now. But I did not expect the meals to be the way it is, you know? Yeah. Like you think it's going to be great. When I like did my research, I'm like, I'm so excited that I get to eat at a college cafeteria. It's going to be like, the, okay, the college that I grew up in, like the in my hometown was huge. It's like, insanely huge and it's full of all the restaurants and pretty much the best of the best you know so I was expecting something like that and ended up being like oh you only have a couple restaurants out of campus and you have the main dining hall and that is not at all what I expected I had to find a way for me to get what I usually eat as well as like if I'm gonna go back into a vegetarian diet where I'm gonna go how am I gonna do it so I had to be very very creative and I don't know. I've, I thought that I could go in and out whenever I wanted, but no, it really depends on the meal plan that you decide to pay for. And I didn't know about that. I didn't know how strict it would be or how expensive it's going to be for me to come in and out and swipe in and out whenever I want. So I don't That was like a big thing that no one told me. No one told me it was going to be that expensive and how many options you're actually going to have. Yeah, I think there's a lot more freedom in state universities. Um so we go to a private school. It's pretty small. The cafeteria options are like there's not that much to choose from. And we are required to have a meal plan all four years that we're here, even if we're living in dorms or apartments. So I think with state schools, like because they're bigger, they have more options in their dining halls for students of different like dietary choices and allergies. But also like how great would it be to just buy groceries and make all your food yourself? I just think that would be so exciting, but because we're required to have a meal plan, we like I use my meal swipes because I've already paid for them. But also it is such like a social thing. Like our dining hall is in the middle of our campus, like in between classes, like that is like where I see people outside of my classes. And it's just such a social thing that like even if I chose or like fought the like buying a meal plan and decided to try to not and get around that and find a little loophole. 
um, and just make meals in my apartment, I would miss like such an integral part of the college experience of like socializing over a meal in the cafeteria, Mm -hmm. which is really hard. And I just want to be able to cook all my food myself in my apartment. But and like you said last year when you you're like, this sucks and you can't cook because you were in the dorm and Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you probably could if you went to the kitchen area. But who the heck goes into the kitchen? Yeah, no one um, you're in an apartment now. Do you cook the way that you, like maybe last year you're like, I can't wait to have an apartment so I can cook. Do you actually like right now? Like I'm working on saving as much money as I can. And so I steal food from the dining hall all the time. My backpack has probably like, probably like five bananas in there just cause they're easy to steal. <laughs> Don't tell the employees in the dining hall, but, um, just to save money and to use as much of my meal pan as I can, I avoid buying, buying groceries and cooking in my apartment. I've cooked a little bit. It's so embarrassing. I don't think I've ever cooked like a full fledged, like nice meal. I've like boiled pasta like at midnight when I'm hungry. <laughs> but um, I make a lot of coffee. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of cooking. Yeah, Same kind though. of sort of cooking. So, no, I definitely haven't like utilized my kitchen as much as I thought I would or like dreamed I would. But yeah. a lot of that is just like trying to save money yeah. and stretch stretch that meal plan as like far that, as I can go. Yeah, that, that's like for most college students because I know that all of them that are really excited about cooking because they either hate the cafeteria food or they have restrictions or they just love cooking. Like, no. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to actually cook even though you have a kitchen. Like, I think it, a lot of it just once you get into the rhythm of school, you are too busy or you're too tired at the end or you don't have more than an hour in between classes to cook a meal you know like mm-hmm. so you end up going to the dining dining hall anyway i don't know that's a big letdown because i'm like i want to get my own apartment because i want to cook but i know that i'm actually not going to cook i just like saying that i'm going to cook and then not cook at all i definitely want to make a habit of like having people over for meals and like having everybody pitch in a couple dollars so it's not like I think you could make that super cost effective instead of everybody going out and buying a different meal over dinner, which like, I mean, if you go somewhere like reasonable, like say like $8 for a meal, which is like pretty cheap. But if everybody were to pitch in a couple dollars for groceries and like cook together, like I feel like that'd be a really great way to like embrace apartment life, get out of the dining hall and like socialize somewhere that's not the cafeteria. But like actually executing that with everybody's schedules is kind of a lot. I really like that idea, actually. I feel like we should do that but also okay so i i tried to like have everybody over for sunday brunch i did do that i've had everyone over for sunday brunch but it was all on me and which was really exciting and fun because i was like yay people are coming over it's the beginning of the year like i get to have people and like be a host but then i was like haha i just spent all that money that's so fun yeah not fun (laughs) i definitely think it's like totally fine to ask Mm -hmm. like hey like can you pitch in a couple dollars yeah but it is, it's awkward. So I feel like having, like, everybody over is such a fun idea. But also, like, finding time, like, is actually the worst. Like, that's the only thing that, like, honestly holds me back every time. Like, I love having people over. But if people come over, it's because it's, like, already late at night and there's nothing else to go, like, to do. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not like a, oh, hey, it's, fr- like, it's Sunday brunch. You should all come over. It's There's really still, like, no time because everyone's like, oh, I have homework. So, no. So, how do you, like, keep track of your schedule? Because you've told me before, like, you have, like, this mega plan list of, like, everything hour by hour. So, tell me about that. I do. This year hit me really hard with just everything that I needed to fit in in, like, a single day. 
So I'm taking 18 credit hours. I'm doing two different ensembles, which adds up to be like four hours, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So that just like adds up to be a lot. And if I were, I think I've done the math. If I were to count like all my zero credit hour classes and things I have to do as a music major for like the hours that they actually are, I'd be taking like 24 credits or something like that. Seriously? <laughs> music major should life. That be allowed? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think that should be allowed. <laughs> just saying. So scheduling, iCal has absolutely saved my life. Apple calendars, very underrated, incredible tool. I hate Google calendars. So sorry if you use them. Like, I respect you. I love you still. But what are you doing? I um, remember because we worked together for the summer. And I remember that our bosses used Google calendars. Oh, and I looked over at Cassidy and she's so mad at the dumb Google calendar. And the guy that, like set up the calendar worked for apple and i'm like you have to know how like apple calendars are superior <laughs> i don't understand but um anyway so i have um a macbook air i have an iphone and then the music department uses ipads for everything so it is so convenient for me to be able to pull up my calendar on all of my different devices without like i don't know which you could do with google calendars i yeah. understand that but like to be able to type it in on my Mac, like you can type in the event, like <laughs> with words instead of like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's great though. Um, and I have my class schedule written in there, recurring like every single week. It brings it up fresh. I don't have to type it in. And then at the beginning of the year, when I get my, my schedule for all of my ensembles, I plug those in right at the beginning of the year. I don't have to do it again. It saves my life. I absolutely would not be afloat and like doing okay in my classes if I did not like do that. Uh, Cassidy, you and I are like really similar, honestly. I have the same feeling towards Google Calendar. Like I hate Google Calendars. It's just not good at all. I use Apple for absolutely everything. In my very first semester, I was in marching band, so I had to get an iPad for the semester. And even though I didn't want to pay for it, like, I'm so happy that I have the iPhone, iPad, and MacBook because it yeah. really helps out. Like, you would think, like, wow, that's so extra. He has, like, all the good. No, it, like, it really helps out so much, especially last year. I had a really busy schedule. Having those three things with you at all times for me, it was just, it made things go faster. I think you can pull up, like, your calendar and then on your laptop you're doing homework while you're looking at some other document at the same time you know like you have everything mm -hmm. at once and I I don't know it really changes your life and I feel like a lot of people should transition more into really writing everything down right away on Google calendars and then you can not Google calendars oh my oh, god no don't do Apple that. calendars <laughs> and then you can set the reminder because it's like the both apps are there and you can just synchronize it and it literally tells you 30 minutes before when you have to be at this location at what time with who and everything life-changing for sure it is it is Michaela do you schedule on Apple calendars or do you write yeah. things down like what is your system okay so I used to be a paper person like all the way up until True. this year where like I had a planner all of my homework was in there everything but then this year I I keep it literally I, it's still in my backpack but I don't ever touch it and I can't I don't know it just doesn't work this year because there's so many different things that's going on and so I have my I have my trusty Apple Apple calendar who I love and, and and use very frequently and it's bad because I like live by it at this point because like 
I don't have like this week I had no time to hang out with anybody like I just had so much work it's the end of the semester there's so so many like group projects I had to go to which are dumb because they're all at the same time but (laughs) but like I would be like oh yeah like we should hang out let me like look at my calendar oh hey do you want to like do at this exact time between this time and this time and I feel like a jerk saying that to somebody but like that's literally how I have to do that and they all look at me like really like that's just the worst (laughs) no I relate so hardcore because I'm always that I'm that really obnoxious person that somebody's like do you want to go do this right now like literally I'll be like walking across campus with someone they're like oh do you want to go get coffee and I'm like yes in my heart I really want to get coffee but let me look at my calendar first like and see if my three to four o'clock slot is open (laughs) like which is so obnoxious and I hate that I'm that person but switching from paper because this year is the first year that I have started using apple calendars for everything I did like bullet journal and like I tried to be artsy about it and I started this semester like oh I'm gonna get back into bullet journaling that takes forever it (laughs) does and I don't like to sit in class and like pull out your bullet journal to like write something down but then you're also taking notes like on your iPad or on your laptop or in another notebook like it's just so much switching versus like when I have my laptop out I have my calendar up I have my I use notability to take like to write down like my planner like my actual tasks that I need to do and then I like plug those into my calendar and like assign a time to them but like it's all right there and I'm only like switching screens and I'm not like rustling in my backpack and being that really obnoxious person that's like making everybody like distracted and then I'll be like walking across campus and then I'll like whip out my phone like okay where am I headed to next and it is so convenient and also for people like struggling to time manage or just like struggling to keep up with life and like be able to breathe and eat and sleep and all of that scheduling and being so intentional with like seeing how you're spending your time is so valuable i want to talk about when you don't have a schedule because this semester i don't have as many classes as i did last year and i i had a whole crisis like i don't know what to do with free time anymore i had like a couple hours in between classes and then sometimes i don't have any homework so i have the entire afternoon free and i wasn't in any ensembles i wasn't working anything so I, I kind of lost track of a lot of things that really, it was, it was a big issue. And I had to really fix that and it worked really hard and it was really hard. But let's talk about when we don't have schedules or like when, we, when you just have a big slot of time and you know you should be studying. You know that, oh, I could work on this, but I have more time. And in your brain, you're like, I can do that later. And then it gets to that later and you are like a mess. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about, because you're very, very busy. And so have you had those, I have nothing to do. Like, you don't know how to act when you don't have a schedule. Yeah, it's definitely hard. I love, like, checking things off. And, like, as much as I'm, like, I'm exhausted and I'm so tired, but, like, I love running around like a crazy person. Like, it's just, it's fun to me and it's energizing and, it like, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm accomplishing things. But also that like slower time where I'm like, what should I do? Like is I feel like really character building Mm -hmm. and if you let it be, because I've definitely had times um, a couple weeks ago, I had like one chill week that I could have like worked ahead on like deadlines, (laughs) things that I have right now, but I didn't. And yeah, I like got myself in that same hole. So when I have times like that, one of the things I try to do is like take a minute for self-care, like prioritize that, like take a nap 
do a face mask, take a really long shower, like whatever I need to do. So taking advantage of that time and using that, like recognizing that like you are a person that has needs and that like those should be on your to-do list as well. Um, and then like, like, okay, doing that like as a reward for like using your time wisely. Accountability partners are great. A lot of times when I have those like long stretches of time that I could be doing something, but don't necessarily have to be. A lot of times I'll get a friend to kind of hold me accountable and we'll go to a coffee shop and work there. And then you're in an environment that's more fun. Um, it's a little more relaxed, but also you're still being productive while doing something you enjoy. Like for me, drinking coffee and chilling and chatting with a friend. True, true. We did do that. We did. I, this past weekend, I had nothing to do. And I was like, oh my gosh, I finished all my homework. I feel so accomplished. Like, yeah, I have stuff due this coming week. But like, like that's like towards the end of the week. And I have time. And like, I was like, wow, it's Saturday. And I was like, I actually became really bored. I was like, I have nothing to do. This is great. And then I'm like, oh, I have nothing to do. What am I doing? And then I... I really just screwed myself over because I should have done like so much like homework because I didn't realize that like all the stuff I did have like it was group projects and stuff I had to be prepared for and presentations and then all of a sudden it was Sunday night and I'm like oh my goodness I didn't do anything and the entire week I was paying for it because I just had like so much work to do and I was always doing it like the day before which is not how I run. I am not a procrastinator, so I was so ashamed of myself. <laughs> I wanted to be on top of it all, but, like, there was no possible way. I was just drowning in literally everything that I had to do. Thank goodness it is the weekend again, and I have made it through this week. And then, like, actually survived during the weekday. I know. I know. I get that. Uh, a lot of times I'll, like, create to-do lists, and then it's on a schedule, and I have a little more freedom to, like work in like times to like hang out with friends and I won't be that annoying person that's like I'm sorry but are you free from like 11 to 12 um having like an overarching to-do list like over the entire weekend that like you know like oh okay I should get these things done this weekend like I have more freedom I have more free time and like ability to like plug those in like wherever like I want to and feel motivated to but um then you're not down to that like hour to hour grind and it's a little more relaxed, but you still are being productive. Yeah. So I love doing my weekends like that, like when they're free and I have an open minute. See, in high school, I loved weekends because, you know, we get a break and I can do whatever I want. If I wanted to work, I worked. If I wanted to just chill, I did that. I feel like now in college, I hate weekends so much. I hate them. I'd rather do like just school every single day. I really do hate them because I don't do anything. And, like, yeah, I can work if I get scheduled, but I, like, I'm like you. I want to go on, the, I, I need to be on the go. Mm -hmm. I need to do something, and then after that, go to the next thing, go to the next thing, because I'm so used to it, and I love it. So when I have a Saturday where I'm, like, I literally don't have to do homework if I don't want to. I can, but I'm still in the same room. Um, I can order food. I can make food in my room. That's, I don't know. I just need something that motivates me. So on Saturdays, I hate them. It's just so boring. I rather do something with people and go out and everything than to stay in and have a relaxed day. For me to relax, it's more of doing something that you like to do. You know, I like to go out and take pictures. That's my way of relaxing, but I'm still on the go. I'm still, it's still in my schedule. 
rather than stay in my room and watch a movie. It's like, does anyone else hate weekends? Because <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one. No, I get that. I have to like the idea of like stillness and like taking that time to reflect. Like I, it's something that's really hard for me. And like, I'm just like you, like I love to be like moving. And I like to say like, if I'm not like running, then like if I stop running, like I'll never get back up. And I just like fall asleep for like a long time. Uh, so like, I just like love to keep moving forward and I just have like a lot of momentum and I just keep going that way. But like, I try, I'm like trying to be better at like practicing that stillness and like self care. It's difficult. I'm struggling. Um, no, I'm sorry. Weekends are necessary and I'm so glad they come once a week because I love doing my work during the week and then being done for two days of not going to class because that's necessary. So honestly, you're kind of crazy. Maybe that's <laughs> I'm a, just a workaholic that likes to get say. all the money. So it's like, please sign me up for all the events, everything. I want to do them because I have nothing else to do on weekends. Healthy work-life balance? Yeah. What? <laughs> I respect you. I respect that a lot. And, like, I do wish, like, I could do that. But I just, like, I'm not there yet. Maybe <laughs> maybe in the future, and you know. It's, it's not, I'm just complaining. Like, I still enjoy my weekends. I still like to take a break. But I'd rather not, you know. I, yeah. I'd rather have something to do or friends to hang out with all the time. But, like, maybe they're going out of town or maybe they want to stay in. And I'm like, I need to do something because I don't want to stay in. But I still do. And I try to take advantage of it. I try to, like, get into hobbies. I've been doing more art and writing. So it's like, okay, I feel like this is my way of disciplining myself. And, like, God, I'm mean, getting religious again. It's like, you have this free time. Do something. Do something that you didn't used to do before and you know you like to do. But it's still, it's like you have to learn about it. You have to challenge yourself. And that's the hardest part, for me at least. So what was... Um Cassidy, Cassidy, like in high school, was she a schedule, schedule, schedule person, or was she like a very chill and relaxed? So my schedule definitely wasn't nearly as crazy as it is now. So what I was involved in in high school, I like, I took the hardest classes my high school had, but it wasn't much because I graduated from a school of like a class of sixty, and so we didn't have AP or anything like that. So my junior, my senior year. I did dual enrollment at my local community college. So I did like a full schedule there. I went back to my high school, was like the president of, this is my senior year, was the president of National Honor Society and Drama Club. And then I did like the musical in the spring and was like a peer, kind of a mentor. Like an ambassador, kind of? Yeah, kind of. Okay. I don't know. So I was super involved, like both places. So definitely still busy, but I don't think I scheduled like I don't think I don't remember scheduling on my calendar or anything like that. I put so much effort into all of my assignments that like I would spend hours and hours on like one like discussion post mm. just because I wanted it to be perfect. <laughs> I was more perfectionistic and like had that time to like pour into like one thing and now I'm just like gotta get it done. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> Honestly, yeah, like we have I don't know from high school to now so much has changed, especially with classes and everything. You. Okay. Like you, it, you can, okay, you care a lot in high school, like you said, and you want to get it perfect because you have the time. Mm -hmm. And now that you're in college, like, yeah, we could have the time, but it's more of like, just get it done. It's good enough. I have this that I have to work on or like, I have 10 minutes to get to this event. I have 10 minutes to get to practice, 10 minutes to get to rehearsal. It's more of like, you got to go on the go. And as long as you are above the waters, you're good. Some of, some people like to fly, but... 
in college, <laughs> it's like you just gotta swim, you just gotta stay floating, and eventually you fly. But like you just you just gotta keep going. It's that type of thing. Yeah, it definitely seems like damage control most of the time, and <laughs> just like checking off those things, like patching up your boat really fast so the water like doesn't fill up into your little canoe, <laughs> and just staying afloat. So basically, what you're saying is college is like that that Vine or meme ad of like. It's like the tape, and you just slap it right onto the boat, and then it's all gone. But then, really, it's still pouring out. I don't know if you've seen that one. but I don't think yeah. so. It makes me think of the one that's like, we have to clean the house. It has to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, like, company is coming. It's yeah. like, I want these pillows to look like microwavable popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> that's what college is like. It's you just, just keep going. Like, running as fast as you can, panicking before your profs, like, see you, like, crying in a practice And then when, like, class starts, you're like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, the company and then gets there. Sense, oh my gosh, I have to go. I have to go. You know, it's yeah. So that's my like life that. in between classes when I'm not trying to look like I have it together for my profs. You know. Yeah. But, so honestly, we're just so lucky and happy that you're here with us and could you know schedule us into your time. <laughs> <laughs> she said she she said she gave us more than two hours. I was like, beautiful. That's so good. I did. I like to err on the side of like, ooh, extra free time. Like, <laughs> I like to yeah give the th- things a bigger time slot than I think they might need. But I would give you guys all the time in the world. Oh, I wow. am so excited to be here. <laughs> so I think we're going to have a marathon podcast, actually. It's going to go for uh, a long, long time. We'll just see when <laughs> we need to. 10-hour version. Yeah, we'll just actually go Bet. live for that Let's long. Let's do it. It'd be great. Go live. Go to, on the radio. Yeah, radio show. We should, ins- doing. Yeah, we should just Instagram live this. <laughs> So this summer actually taught me a lot about taking time and being gracious to the people around you and not just being a bulldozer with like their own schedule and their own prerogatives in mind because I got injured for like the first time like ever seriously. Um, I'm known for like literally sprinting across campus to all of my things. I love like running and just hustling and like being a little weirdo and moving all over the place but this summer I um hurt my knee really bad and Michaela was there for it well not there for the incident but saw the aftermath and it was very very frustrating for me to not be able to move as fast as I like to um yeah so like tell the story what happened (laughs) okay so I was on vacation with my family South Carolina it's gorgeous the weather was literally idealistic it was so pretty it was so warm we were right on the lake like my grandparents my cousins and then my like immediate family my two brothers and we're like big lake like water skiers like that's what we do every single summer and so I've been water skiing since I was super little like my dad brought me on water skis when I was like five years old and was like you're gonna learn this and I did and so a couple summers ago I got down slalom skiing I don't know if that's like well known yeah it's like you do one ski yeah you like drop a ski while you're going see i start with one okay so no i i've skied two for a while and how i was taught to slalom is you so you go on two you get up on two and then you're going and then you just have to drop the other yeah that's i have never done that because i think i don't know i've just never done like i don't think i'm quite coordinated enough to like be able to drop one and then get my other foot on the other one well, i don't think i could do it well to be clear i actually if we're gonna be honest i i guess i haven't either <laughs> perfectly because at least no more for more than like 25 seconds <laughs> it's so hard it's really so hard but i did it for the first time a couple summers ago and this one time like it was 10 o'clock in the morning literally my dad was like we're getting right out on the lake like right away because it's so nice today it is going to rain like the rest of the week so 
I uh, got up. It was so early. First thing I was doing was water skiing. And we're out there. And I had been up like a bunch on one ski. And we had gone around the lake a bunch of times. And then I said, okay, last time. Because I'm getting like pretty tired. Like it's a big leg workout. Like it's really, really, really underestimated as a workout. So um, I go up. And I'm doing good, like, getting ready, like, to come down and, like, about to, like, just drop it. But I hit a big wave and thought I was going to, like, make it look cool and, like, jump. But I didn't. Instead, I came down and my ski popped off. And so I, like, went down, hit the water really hard. And my my ski was, like, caught in, like, the wake of the boat. Like, the I don't know, like, the turb, not turbulence. I don't know. The so, like, propeller? the, the propeller, oh, yeah. Okay. Like, it, like, sprays the water, like, super fast. And the ski got caught up in that and came like right into my knee it hurt so bad and literally I was like I just broke my knee like I broke my kneecap so bad and I pulled my knee up to look at it and there's like a giant gash and blood everywhere and I was like this is not what I was expecting like I thought I shattered my kneecap why is there blood like I'm so confused and so I was just like in the water like flailing and like yelling ow because like i'm gushing blood and there's like not to be graphic if you don't want to hear this skip forward like 15 seconds but um there was like the fat of my knee popping out and there was blood and it was really deep like almost to my kneecap okay i so, wish i could have skipped forward 15 <laughs> seconds <laughs> okay for squeamish viewers it's not graphic from here on out um listeners <laughs> anyway um so my like i get pulled in from the water and they like haul me back up on the boat and then there's this giant staircase up a hill like from the dock like up to this house we were staying at so they literally like carried me up there because I couldn't walk like my knee was just destroyed and I went to the ER for the first time so interesting there was it was kind of terrifying there was literally like a lady like experiencing like really really serious like seizures and like passing out and like vomiting all over the place like I was like okay this is like hardcore like like I'm here with just like a hit like a beat up knee but like there are people like having some serious medical issues so that was a time but um they cleaned me out and sewed me up I think I got five stitches I don't really remember but like I thought like that was it like we bought crutches like it was gonna be fine I could still like hobble around but over the course of, like, the next week, my knee swelled to the same size as my thigh. Like, it was just one, like, tube all the way down. And I had no definition in my knee because it got hit so hard that it, like, got cut open. But then it also was, like, super swollen. So I hobbled around, uh, like, on a peg leg for the whole summer. It hurt so bad. But it taught me such a good lesson in just, like taking time to breathe and like you don't have to run everywhere like taking that time to like just be chill it was good it was probably good for me and a lesson that I needed to learn about like how privileged <laughs> I am to be able-bodied and um yeah it was really it was interesting and then I told people of course that I got like bit by a shark which is always <laughs> so fun um in the middle of a lake in South Carolina it makes complete sense but yeah, it was now I have a really gnarly scar on my knee that tells a story. Good. Yeah, tragic water skiing accident. Yikes. I remember you coming back and I just I remember you coming back and I felt so bad and and you like couldn't like you just like jumped around everywhere and I was like, <laughs> I felt so bad and we were like 
at work during like an internship so we're like trying to do things and then there's Cassidy just like jumping back behind us like trying to follow us yeah I like would jump on my one leg like if I was like trying to joke around or like not put weight on my other one so I would just like hop like on one leg everywhere Mm -hmm. it was a good time so that was that your first ER visit it was it was unlike anything I've ever experienced it really was the ER is something special. Yeah, is that your was that your first and only? Because you haven't. I don't think you've been back, so that's good. No, yeah, I haven't been back, which is a good. It's it's a good thing. Yeah, I had my first ER visit recently too, and like, I go and I'm like, you know, like I need to be here. Like I have like problem. Like I'm like in pain. Like I have to come here, but it's like. Do I really, like, should I be here? Like, I mean, come on, I could suck it up. There's other people who probably, like, need me, like, need to be here more. And, like, the nurse was like, do you, do you want a, uh, a wheelchair? And I'm like, um, uh, uh, and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I mean, yeah, like, I really need that. But, like, I don't know, is that okay? And she's like, here, I'll just get it for you. I'm like, cool. That's good. Yeah. Epi, have you been to the ER? Not because I had to go to the ER. More of like I'm visiting friends or I'm visiting family members who are in there. But I don't know. I'm very surprised that I haven't because I did soccer growing up. I danced. I was on the go. But I never, I've never gotten hurt. I don't know. No, I've never been to the ER. I don't want to unless I'm picking someone up or I'm waiting for someone. But no, never. Yeah, it's a good thing to avoid mm. in most I cases. I do like watching a lot of medical shows. And so I always I always say, like, no, I've never been to the ER, but I know a lot about it. <laughs> You'd be like, I, yeah, I know if someone's, like, doing this, I know what to do. I know what people say. Like, if doctors were to tell me this is what's wrong with you, I'd be like, I know exactly what you're saying, you know, just because I watch TV shows. But it's probably nothing. I am an avid Grey's Anatomy fan. Mm. I literally thoroughly obsessed ever since I was, like, 13. I think I discovered it on Netflix and, like, got super into it. So... I won't lie. There was a little bit of a thrill of like, oh my gosh, like this is a yeah. hospital and yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm such a fan. <laughs> I'm finally it's like here. a random nurse. I'm like, I'm just such a big fan of you. <laughs> like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. So this guy was stitching up my knee and I like, I'm just like talking, like asking him like, okay, like what's this? What's that? Like, I don't know. And he like informed me of some things and I was like, I already knew that. Like, thank you. I watched Grey's Anatomy. Like, not in a snobby way <laughs> at all. Exactly but, like, saying. we, like, had a good conversation about, like, what was going on in my knee and everything. And it was it was a fun time. Also, though, I, I'm, a, like, a nervous laughter. Like, if I'm uncomfortable or, like, stressed or sad, literally everything is, cr- like, laughing. <laughs> I don't know why. It's my go-to, like, mechanism. So he is, like, scrubbing my knee. Like, there's a giant gash, but he's, like, scrubbing it. And then, like, oh. stitching me up. And I was laughing so hard. Like, Did I could... Hurt, though? No, like, because he had numbed me, but also just, like, watching, like, somebody give you stitches is kind of, like, unnerving, but I was watching, like, literally with my knee, like, pulled up to my face, like, I wanted to see everything, but also I was laughing so hard just because I was nervous, and so, like, I was shaking because I was laughing, and it was, like, moving my knee all over the place, and, yeah. Are you, are you okay with seeing bloody things? Yeah, it's different when it's yourself. Okay. But, like... Interesting. I because I love it too, but now I'm like, if it were me, I don't know how I'd react. 
I thought the same thing. I was like, hmm, I might, I might freak out. I might freak out. But no, it was so enjoyable. It was like a live Grey's Anatomy like happening to me. I loved watching the stitches. It was amazing. 10 out of 10. Okay, so I do not belong in a hospital. Like, I cannot handle blood for the life of me. But I've gotten a, a lot of, like, a lot of blood drawn recently. And so, like, the first time I was, like, totally, like, looking away and, like, closing my eyes. I'm like, no, I can't look. I can't look. And then I did it again, like, today, actually. And this time I watched it, like, the whole time. I was like, whoa, like, look at how much blood's pouring out of me right now. This is wild. <laughs> and I, like, kind of got used to it. And so when I went to that e- the R- ER the one that one time, I was like, oh, my gosh, these nurses. I was also under drugs, so, like, none of this made sense. But I was like, wow, look at these nurses. Like, they're doing such great things. Like, I want to be a nurse. Um, No. I got out of the ER, and I realized that was the wrong idea. One of my friends who is a nurse, or she's going to be a nurse, and she was like, Michaela, we all know, like, that's, like, the last thing you should be. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I definitely left that hospital thinking like oh man I picked the wrong major like definitely I think it's always like that though okay it's yeah like after watching Grey's Anatomy you're just watching the episodes and you're just like oh I want to be a nurse I want to do that but then you stop the episode and you just look around in your room and you're just like nah I could never that's me with like literally everything like I think college like opens your eyes so like I could do this for a career path I could do this so, like sitting here recording this podcast I'm like I should be a calm major like what am I doing with my life why am I studying music like I should be doing this and then like I'm like no like not God like God led you like to where you're at and like you were given these skills for a reason you definitely shouldn't be a calm major like that's not your calling okay so you're not a calm major and that's okay but you're a music major and you're going to do some great things. And this summer you were telling me about like some of your hopes and dreams of like what you want to do. And I really think it's really cool. So how about you share that? I would love to. So um, I grew up, like I said, in a really small town in a small high school that doesn't get a lot of funding and um, doesn't give a lot of their like budget to the arts. Um, it definitely was better than a lot of like the small schools in my area solely because our band and like choir teachers were the most incredible human beings that were willing to devote like all of their lives far beyond like the job description to what they were doing and to their students, which is why I am where I am. Um, I discovered my passion for music when I was in high school. It gave me such an outlet that I literally don't know if I would be the same person I was today without it. Um, But it made me realize that music education is so important. And so I went to college as a music education major. And then I realized that I, the last thing I wanted to do was be stuck in a classroom, like having to teach like what people like told me I had to. And uh, just like, I don't know, I didn't feel like that was exactly right for me. I didn't want to be with kids that didn't want to be there because that's really frustrating. And I just knew that wouldn't suit me. But I am super passionate about schools that are small and don't receive a lot of funding and for neighborhoods and for families and students of families that don't come from like super affluent backgrounds. Because you see like a lot of families that come from wealth um, able to like enroll their students in private music lessons and in schools that have really strong arts programs. But for students that aren't like as well off financially, Uh, A lot of times our parents can't afford to like give them these lessons, even though they may be so passionate and maybe like even more like 
naturally talented than like these other students getting lessons like they're just not given those opportunities and so I decided that I really want to go into working with students from those kind of backgrounds that have that like raw talent and that passion and give them the education that they are like wanting um, in music so I want to start my own not like non-for-profit um, organization in Chicago or I'm like, I don't know, Chicago has always been on my heart. So I really want to go into Chicago, work with students from these neighborhoods, um, from these schools that don't have super great arts programs and give them that music education. So so I want it to be a program, an after school program with ensembles, private lessons, uh, theater productions. I just want it to be a little um, performing arts after school program for students that wouldn't otherwise get that in their schools. I love that. That's so cool. And super, like, inspirational and just, like, I don't know. I think that's great. I wish, see, I, like, wanted to play the violin in fifth grade. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. But, like, I didn't really have any chance or any outlet or anywhere to go to do that. And so, like, you being able to, like, provide that for people is awesome. I love it. I It makes sense of my major and my minors a little bit because, like, when you first hear them, like, a music major with a business minor and a musical theater minor, you're like, what in the world are you going to do with that? So, like, if that makes, like, any more sense of that for anybody listening. But, uh, yeah, I figuring out funding is going to be the main thing. Uh, and I definitely, there are some programs already like that, like, in Chicago and in the surrounding area, and I want to learn from those and possibly work with those, but I'm super passionate about opening my own and working with students in that way. Because I just know there are students with a lot of like raw talent and passion and I want to give them that outlet because that's something I didn't really have either. Just being from a super small community, uh, our school like didn't receive that funding. I didn't have like money for private lessons. And so like when I got to college, I realized that like students from like the suburbs of Chicago and from like the inner, like from the city, um, from uh, families that are a little more like financially well off. Uh, had those opportunities that are available to a lot of other students. That was really cool. I loved listening to you talk about the passions that you have, how you work through it with scheduling and just kind of getting used to college and everything. I love that. So, yeah. So whoever's listening out there, we gave you guys a lot of tips about college in this episode, as well as, you know, different ways that you can find passions and i don't know what else just surviving in college just surviving in college uh, food schedule uh if you have a vision and a passion like i Go live by it. it yeah let that guide your schedule let that guide your food choices <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that you want to you want our listeners your listeners to to know before we go <laughs> um take care of yourselves mind <laughs> body and spirit it's really important Schedule your life if you need to. Uh, eat the way that makes you feel good. That was, <laughs> that was a beautiful TED so, Talk. I loved so it. So great. Good. Well, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Go tell your friends about Perfectly Not Normal because we all know that they need to listen. We, they all, we all know that they need, you know, this wisdom from two college students and all of our amazing guests. So, yeah, go tell your friends. And... I guess we'll just say bye for now. Bye for now.